0: It's a whole crowd of men out there who need this Welcome to the case study This case study will be marked down in time Known to all as the record keeper Of the historic rise of the woke Man Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth, revealing emotion strengthening their self-awareness and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca, Luca Reedy, from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode here sharing the conscious man's journey from unconscious to conscious. And this is definitely not a destination. We're not saying this is the be-all and end-all. We're all in different stages in life. And the greatest thing is, is that we just are able to share where we're at right now. But as you'll hear from all these stories... From these conscious men you will see that they're all at different stages in their life and what will resonate with you will be perfect for you right now and we're just here to share our story to say you're not alone and without further ado i'm here with my brother coach Keswick, here kieran Headley from new zealand how are you bro dude i'm
1: doing really well this evening um, <laughs> a little bit lower energy than normal really well honestly
0: yeah but we're talking about why you're low energy um do you just want to give us a little bit of a thing of what you've recently been doing
1: yeah this is so barley as well man growing more vegan yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i've um, been stripping back on the meat um, keeping the iron uh, intake as high as i can however b12 of course isn't in veg so i'm looking for um new ways to supplement that for sure yeah mm. get that energy back
0: man and why did you choose to sort of to, to, to change your diet what happened what was the reason behind that
1: two reasons. One is experimentation. I like to experiment with my body to see what feels really good. So I like to go into something for a prolonged period of time to feel into it. So right now it's simply, um, yeah, predominantly vegan based, however, not completely, uh, Mm. still every now and again have poultry every now and again have fish when it's served to me. Um, yeah, but mostly, I guess you could say it's more pescatarian than anything. Uh, yeah.
0: So it was more for your personal health
1: yeah for personal health also to see really what what um how my energy responds how clarity responds how those different aspects of me respond so i've done this with gluten i've done with, done this with lactose um i've done it with sugar red meat right and coming away from those four elements as much as i can don't get me wrong i still love my chocolate <laughs> yeah. uh, these four elements have been really massive in terms of my mental clarity in terms of my inflammation yeah. And inflammation is a big biomarker for anxiety and depression. So being able to bring that down has definitely affected my re, um, my reactions around that. So yeah, it's definitely been a beautiful experimentation around the diet aspect too. Wow,
0: interesting! Mm. Interesting about the biomarker for anxiety and depression. How yeah.
1: You that?
0: Yeah. Do you want to just share a little bit more about that? Like. It-
1: yeah. Yeah. Of course. So uh, what what a lot of studies are, sh- are starting to show is is a direct correlation between inflammation levels and anxiety and depression symptoms. So when inflammation levels rise, uh, there's generally a high reaction state, reactionary state, because what happens is through increased inflammation, there's also an increase in cortisol, stress hormone. And and also uh, uh, there's also two other adrenal uh, hormones that get produced through that. And what happens is in that high reactive state, when things start to happen outside of me, I don't see them as they are. I see them as I am. So if I'm in a high stress state, I'm going to see them in a much more stressful way, therefore react to them.
0: Yeah. And then
1: that's sort of like a feedback loop of so I'm increasing sure. my stress or information, And then that, um, that outside event becomes more of a reactionary experience. Therefore I also become more inflamed and high cortisol because of that experience. So it's this constant feedback loop. And the idea is to break that by decreasing information directly or indirectly.
0: Yeah. Right. Totally yeah. feel you on that man. Totally. All right. Well, let's get into this bro. first question is where do you grow up where did you grow up and where do you live now
1: yeah man so grew up in Auckland New Zealand and right now I'm in Auckland New Zealand (laughs) that's easy but so so where did you go in between
0: you've you've been you've been traveling for a bit eh? yeah man
1: yeah I mean straight from 17 years old I moved down to the opposite end of New Zealand lived there for a couple of years down in a place called Queenstown Uh, snow's there it's fantastic love it small town vibe and um moved over to Sydney for a year, Melbourne for a year was in the fitness space. I completed my university degree there and I uh, started personal training. Actually, man, I went right into the fitness industry. My dream was to become a YouTube star and <laughs> just like, if you know, Steve cook, um, I love that guy. guy's um, American dude and yeah. um, just love his personality. So contagious and infectious. And I wanted to be just like that. So I started on this fitness journey, ended up going online. Um, After about three years in personal training, I started to um, move into an online business, and I put all my fitness stuff online. Shot over to California, lived in San Diego for a while, ended up being a party kid for a while, and somehow that's a long story. So I get into it. I ended up in Quebec over in Canada, Um, and then I ended up in Bali. So yeah, been and then you just, you just
0: left Bali recently for COVID, right? back home correct
1: actually yeah. it was it wasn't for covid i was going to run a retreat back here and then covid happens so of course that didn't happen got okay. stuck with
0: covid mm. oh wicked man cool what mm. are you so what are you doing for a living right now oh actually yeah how, how old are you now 25 okay now answer that question <laughs>
1: uh i'm an anxiety coach So my main form of income is uh, coaching people that struggle with the experience of anxiety so that's whether diagnosed or just a a decided experience and that can just simply simply be down to an experience of fear around what they do with life and helping them elevate from that
0: Mm, Mm. wicked brother and if you are listening now you can hear uh, an episode i did on the feeling alive podcast with kieran on On Anxiety, Understanding Anxiety is a really powerful episode of like practical tips and your your personal experience, which is cool, man. So if anyone's um, listening to this and want to know more about that, head on over to episode 31, maybe. And it's I think it was 33. Oh, it was 33. No, it was 33. Mm. It was 33. That was right because it was like my 48th ever episode and 48 is like a number for... Jesus Christ, like Christ consciousness, something I haven't completely understood that. And then 33 is also the year that he he died. So it was like a very, like, wow. you were 33 feeling alive, special, 48 feel 48th in total. So it was that's it, fantastic, man. I was looking at it and I'm going, ooh, ooh, that's interesting. I forgot to let you know. That is really interesting. Thank you for
1: letting me know that. It's beautiful. I actually got a response from um, a lovely lady. She messaged me saying that her mum listened to that podcast with her. And her mum just downloaded the Headspace app and started meditating for the first oh, time ever. The- oh, cause cool, that, right? If it's yeah. just
0: that one person from that, uh-huh. that's fucking powerful, man.
1: Yeah, incredible. It's, huge.
0: it's The power of thank you for social giving media. that
1: opportunity, man. Yeah, definitely, really yeah, yeah. powerful.
0: Yeah. Um. So, what's one thing you're really good at, bro? Ooh.
1: experiencing. I'd say, yeah, experiencing. So giving, it's just something that I used to be. And the reason why I say that isn't because I think I'm the best in the world at it. It's because it's what I've changed the most of my life, is the ability to experience.
0: To fully so, be there.
1: To fully yeah. be there, to fully actually take something in. Wow. Um, I used to be the most dormant uh, uh, out of it just not their sort of person um very disassociating with the life very disassociating with the world around me um conversations i was called stoner kids um back in school so i was definitely out of it so being stoner able to Kez. fully be there and exactly and i did not smoke
0: <laughs> while well, that Whoa, uh, really to try at one point that's for sure
1: but yeah so, yeah i was just so they out called of you man. stoner
0: cares because weren't present that's you correct. Were just like yeah. daydreaming
1: correct yeah so I'd, um, people would have conversations with me, and I'll just be staring at them, and they'll be like, "What was that?" <laughs> just fully out of it. Um, wow. yeah, where were you? Real interesting experience. What's that?
0: Where were you in your head?
1: Where? That's the thing. I do not know. I genuinely have no recollection of where I went in my mind. Um, if I was to really uh, give a good guess, simply because I was so disassociated with everything that my mm-hmm. mind wasn't anywhere present, nor was it anywhere that I was conscious about. So I was just so deep in that subconscious experience that my mind was just off on a million tangents. And then all of a sudden when someone got my attention, it's like, oh, there I am. That's, those are the only moments that I would remember is when I was actually present in those moments, wow. not the moments where I wasn't present. I don't have any memory of that. Hmm.
0: Wow, insane, man. What's your biggest fear?
1: <sighs> Crashing in a plane.
0: <laughs> i think we talked about this in the last episode yeah,
1: yeah probably yeah massive affair,
0: of mine interesting it's so funny because everyone's like oh i'm not reaching my potential and i think there's been a few that have been like uh sharks and crashing in a plane or like being yeah. in open water with like legs dangling on like a piece that of would be board. pretty scary i'm not gonna lie yeah, yeah that, i'm like that's mine that's mine i'll take that one IRL, <laughs> yeah wow pain's crashing. okay cool mm. that's cool what's your favorite quote brother or one of I'm eating a mandarin while, we, while, we, while we're interviewing.
1: Ah, you're the... sweet, man. All mandarins, I love it. I love the passion fruits and barley, man. man.
0: Mm. Oh. The yellow ones. Make sure they're yellow yeah. inside. Yeah. yeah. Not the white Not ones. Exactly, the white man. ones are shit.
1: Yeah, man. So, favorite quote. Oh, man. this is such a good question okay i'm just gonna instead of favorite quote I'll, I'll do the first one that comes to mind okay i might have said this in the last one don't wait to get to the bottom of your sadness to be happy and the reason why i love that is because i spent so long that's, um, deep. that's deep yeah the reason why it's my favorite is like it's so simple yeah the reason why it's my favorite is because. I spent so long trying to get to the bottom of my sadness. I thought it was more like um, taking a water bottle and pouring out water from that water bottle until it was empty so that I could fill it up with another liquid. That's what I thought um, happiness was, is if I get rid of the sadness, happiness will be natural. And yeah, that's true to an extent. However, uh, there's always going to be various things in life that are going to constantly come up and trigger that, those emotions. So if I'm waiting to get to the bottom of that sadness, then happiness will forever be out of my reach. Uh, and Thich Nhat Hanh, uh, he's a Vietnamese Buddhist monk, he said that. And that just for me was the thing that I needed to hear in that moment. I think it was it's wow. what allowed me to take the next step in my um, growth journey so that I could actually start to practice more elevation experiences, elevation techniques. And when I say elevation, I mean elevated emotion. So yeah.
0: Beautiful, brother. Beautiful. Mm. What's a conscious man to you, Kez?
1: One that takes ownership. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. that's, that's true,
1: just bro. Yeah, man.
0: And, 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 it's and just what this is so, yeah, 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 this is it. We just spoke about this before. It's like so important, especially as coaches or, you know, someone trying to, um, make positive change within themselves or in the world. It's like, you got to show up and say, I'm responsible for everything that's happened in my life, not for what's been done to you, but how you respond to it. Right. Just go fuck.
1: Absolutely. But actually that's something that, um, that's something that I've changed and shifted my perspective on, which is. Uh, actually taking ownership for even the things that have been done to me. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because if I don't take ownership for those things, then I'm still projecting the idea that uh, that's out of my control. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's in my control now. It wasn't in my control then. Mm. But I can still take ownership of that, that. This has happened to me. I'm going to take responsibility of it. Yeah. And because I'm responsible of every single piece of how I am, the way I am, then that means I can also change every single piece of how I am and the way I am the moment that i say this part is not part of me this part wasn't my fault i can't change that anymore mm-hmm. it's out of my control so the moment i take full responsibility um the um in the indian uh, uh i know in ancient india they they use the word karma so the english language has taken that word karma and scooted a bit um and taken it into what what i do to you you do back to me that's sort of karma right in the way english language is used but it was a word before that in the indian language And what it means is, uh, everything that I've done, everything that's happened to me, every single thought I've had, everything I've experienced, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is exactly why I am the way I am right now. So if I'm feeling calm, that's my karma. I'm feeling anxious. That's also my karma. I'm feeling sad, happy, frustrated. That's also my karma It's because everything that's that I've experienced that I've done over the past, even if a lot of it was subconscious, and even if it wasn't actually my fault, I put that in quotation marks because maybe it wasn't, right? But also it's still part of that ownership. Mm-hmm. That is the reason why I'm why I am. So if I take full ownership of that, as scary and as frustrating as it might be, and I definitely have many things that I still don't want to own, but I choose to do that, is because it gives me the opportunity to um, shift it. Yeah, yeah. that's well, definitely been at, a big
0: shift for me. Here's my hat, believe oh, me. I love that. <laughs> why are? Oh beautiful so good, eh? man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, today yeah rocking it man i'm really loving like the quotes like I, this is a really cool brand called uh hanika hanika and co they're indonesian right and um they've got some like i've got another one on the which has a quote on the back says turn wounds into wisdom oh bro i'm like that's, man that's what a
1: beautiful one. brand and also i love that you're supporting the indonesian um industry That's yeah awesome. well, yeah industry. it's
0: really yeah. good quality too so i'm i'm stoked oh. either way it's the awesome local man for sure yeah dude straight up uh all right so seventh question in the regime what's one thing that challenges you right now
1: okay i've got it i'm just trying to word it hmm. balance between love and individuality that's man really
0: struggling with you got some deep quotes thanks man give give us your answer
1: yeah yeah so the reason why is because what happens is when i start to experience a relationship which currently i've um just stepped into a new new experience of that um very new one and having that experience this is definitely the most balanced i felt but it's still something that i'm massively working on Because what tends to happen is there's the excitement at the start, right? There's all this this enjoyment uh, initially, Uh, of course, you know, the serotonin, the dopamine, all that um, Mm -hmm. being produced in that experience. However, what happens is um, I'll get very involved, very attached very quickly, Mm -hmm. and then I'll lose that sense of individuality. I'll lessen my practices. Um, My mind will revolve a lot around that, right? And that's very natural for sure. However, due to that natural experience, what's happening is, because I'm getting so much uh, satisfaction and joy and abundance from that experience, uh, I actually start to lose touch with uh, what really grounds me and what actually keeps that sustained joy there. Because now what happens is I become too involved there too quickly, uh, thus I lose that sense of individuality. So if anything does happen in that relationship, good or bad, whatever, I become almost reliant on my experience within that. So. Mm. Um, that still happens a b- big time for me, so it 's something I am still massively working on um, yeah give, not being disattached because i don 't believe in that when it comes to relationships, but being still completely individual at the same time still connected so, wonderful
0: yeah wonderful brother wonderful
1: thank you good stuff man
0: what 's unconditional love mean to you? here we go
1: oh, I love these questions so much. Being able to constantly experience the feeling rather than relying on my actions to speak. So this has been big for me because I would betray my happiness so that I could fulfill someone's um, happiness or fulfill someone else so that I could receive love from them. That was why I saw unconditional love as. And that's that was almost like a contract, right? Like yeah, but, um, okay. if I make you fulfilled, then they'll make me fulfilled again. Yeah. no 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 that's and um, that led to be like a betrayal of my own happiness that led to toxic relationships because they needed the things needed to go a certain way which leads to a lot of triggering and anxiety um however unconditional love for me is um, whether it be in family or relationships or friendships whatever it is uh that i can still feel that sense of love within me and that doesn't necessarily mean that um i become a doormat for them it just means that I gain a deeper sense of compassion whether or not I'm for that person or not for that person, depending on what I choose. I'm still feeling that compassion.
0: Mm, wow. That's beautiful. And the last question for this round is, do you believe in a greater power? And what is that to you?
1: Yes, I do. Um, and also, here's the thing. I, I believe it, but also I don't fully believe it. And I don't just it at all. So what I mean by that is I'm super massively in the space of, I do not know, massively in the space. I grew up Christian, very deeply Christian. Okay. Um, and to me right now, uh, I also see that uh, there's also the experience of I haven't fully experienced. So I haven't actually sat down in a chair with God right next to me. So for me, I also do believe that there's a higher power at the same time so the way that I've seen it is God the universe uh, the source that mm. for me has just been one massive um, experience creation itself God itself the universe itself is for me one thing
0: how how has the universe helped you in your life so far hmm it's like what's like one of your, what's one of your most like uh one of your most powerful experiences of seeing it in, in its, in its work so far, it's up to your yeah. current. Standards.
1: Yeah. One thing comes to mind, man. And again, I, I'm still in a space of, I don't know. Yeah. But it was in one moment I was, I was going through a lot of anxiety. This was over two years ago now. And this is actually one of the pinnacle moments that shifted me into what I do now and the way I am now. I was sitting in my bed. I'd been crying for a bit and I'd been going through a lot of anxiety. Um, for a long time a lot of issues in the relationship that i was trying to get away from but i just couldn't and um it's freezing cold in quebec man <laughs> that did not help and i started praying started praying and i think it was something along the lines of i just fully i fully surrendered i just fully surrendered i'm like um god universe whatever you are um i just completely surrender the way i am um how i am or surrender everything um just guide me whatever that means just guide me um and i just felt this massive feeling of heat through my body whether that was actual actually just a chemical reaction whether it was spiritual again i'm in a space of i do not know i'm always very open i never decide that that's what it was and i felt i felt this massive heat rise from my body um i just burst into tears and uh i just felt so light i had no idea what it was i had no clue i still don't know to this today what that, what that was um but it's just i've never felt my skin and my insides get so hot so quickly um as that so that was definitely the most one of the most spiritual experiences i've ever had cool. um yeah and that for me was definitely very pinnacle
0: yeah beautiful man well let's get into your your main Journey now, and we're going to mm. go deep into your story, your personal story. Oh, the, the first question is What did your life look like as unwoke, and what does it look like compared to now? Mm.
1: Literally, the best way I can put it is reactionary and responsibility. So, I've gone from reacting to everything around me, everything within me, meaning if uh, someone said that, I Uh, Every now and again, like I'll be at school and someone would yell across the courtyard and be like, Kieran's gay, (laughs) Um, you know, or Kieran's weird, you know, little things like that. And man, that would trigger me so much. Uh, Or like little things such as if I didn't feel as included in the friend group as other friends, or if I felt that the girl that I had a crush on didn't feel the same way about me, or if in my relationship one word was used or something little was said that didn't align exactly the way I wanted to hear it you know, within a conversation or the way they talked to me or just little things, man, would just trigger me like crazy. So I was so reacting towards that. And what I mean by reacting within, the moment that I was sad, the moment I was anxious, I'd be sad about my sadness or I'd be anxious about my anxiety or I'd be uh, frustrated about my frustration or angry about the anger, right? So I'll just multiply my experiences within through a reaction. I did not want to feel that way, right? I did not accept the way I was. I did not accept what I felt and I did not accept what I thought. So yeah, all these things I gotta of disgusting thoughts and I'll beat myself up for those thoughts um, when I was addicted, especially when I was addicted to pornography. Um, that became real bad. Now through as you'd say, um, awakening uh, or stepping into being coming a woke man, I managed to actually take responsibility meaning the ability to respond right? So um, deciding to respond to those thoughts and be like, no, that's actually, I'm going to acknowledge those thoughts and let them be. I'm not going to beat myself up for them or, oh no, actually I'm going to acknowledge these feelings. I'm going to sit with them. I'm going to learn to change my relationship with them. So it's not a relationship of beat up and frustration and disgust. It's a relationship of acceptance and compassion. Yeah. yeah, Of course that um, eventually cross pollinated to the way that I experienced the outside world. So as I treated myself kindly and became more awoke within i also be, uh, i'm also stood into a more awoke experience of life so when people would say something or um someone would um put down my work or put down um, me in a, any shape or form or experience it as oh they're just experiencing me the way they are not the way i am um, and the way that i experience them is the way i am not the way they are so really understanding that mm-hmm. has allowed me mm-hmm. to step into that responsibility um and you've, you've definitely talked on that massively No, uh, yeah mm.
0: Mm, wicked brother, thank you for sharing that. Thanks, man. Yeah. What, what was your biggest vice in that reactive period, that unwoke period?
1: Yeah, well, pornography. Yeah. yeah, pornography was my massive vice. And um, yeah, just constantly knowing that there was going to be the sense of pleasure at the end of the day, um, just knowing there was this form of complete escapism at the end of the day when I was living such a depressive lifestyle.
0: Mm, beautiful, man. What about the emotion? Was it anxiety that challenged you most, or was there something else?
1: shifted so there was two emotions depression and anxiety have ruled my life up until about two years ago and depression was up until around about maybe 19 years old and then from there for the following four years was anxiety and that just completely consumed my life Um, i remember i had my first to my knowledge my first panic attack when i was uh 20 years old that was from memory my first panic attack
0: Wow, bro. Wow, interesting. So the depression was like, what did, what did that feel like for you? Was it more so like coming from like a sense of unworthiness? Um, how, like what was it tied to that? that uh, That's depression? exactly
1: what it felt like. Um, and if I was to put one word to it, it would be unworthiness for sure. Yeah. Is, um exactly how I've actually defined it a lot. Um, so you put it perfectly. Uh, that feeling of just not being good enough, not just for others, but for myself to the point where I'm not even good enough for life. And that's where, that's when I was the most, I had the most suicidal thoughts. I never acted on it, never did anything about it. It was just there, and I kind of just knew deep down that I wouldn't do it. At the same time, they were just there, and I feel that if I had been that way any longer without actually seeking help, um, I might have actually gone down the unideal route and taken my life. Honestly, I don't know though, because I, I obviously you know got help then, so I was lucky.
0: And so did you contribute all that, all those emotions to something that happened in your past?
1: Absolutely. However, I know I'm still not fully aware of exactly where that came from. I I am, however, aware of parts of it, um, parts of it experiencing um, depression in my family. So observing that as a kid, I'm very, like, of course, every kid's very observing. Mm -hmm. So it's not about what I'm taught. It's about what I see, right? Mm -hmm. So what I experience and um, because I'd see that, I'd observe that, I'd observe the shyness, I'd observe the seclusiveness um, from society, from groups, and I'd start to do that because that's the way that that's what I observed. Mm-hmm. I'd observe this not being able to say I love you. I'd observe this experience of being very distant physically, and so I'd experience that in society. Um, so all these obs- observations that I um, I started to create, or I started to see sadness more. I, like you know, I'd see anxiety, and because I saw this growing up a lot. I um, I started to actually take that into my memory and like, I'm like, okay, this is how I act or this is how I receive love. So that's um, how I went about life is through from that experience. Yeah, definitely.
0: And have you found that you've let that that go and and, and forget, forgiven that part of your experience?
1: Hugely, man. That's definitely something that honestly, um, I'm not going to lie. It took a bit to forgive. Um, Like, even though I didn't want to acknowledge it when I was going through that, I know deep down there was definitely a frustration. Of, man i just wish you guys taught me uh, like how to be rather than mm. um how not to be <laughs> you know what i mean um but definitely a big part in actually learning to be was that forgiveness because at the end of the day that was just hurting me mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah Feel you bro whose love did you crave most growing up and who did you have to be to get it
1: yeah dad's and stronger, manly so
0: <laughs> yeah well, so the that. reason why i don't know that
1: so strongly is because that's definitely the relationship that has shifted the most, mm. um, over the last two years. And, um, oh, this has just been such a beautiful, beautiful experience. eh. um, so I massively do not blame my dad because, um, my granddad, um, he's gone now, but he used to be so like, you know, just really grunty and like, Hey boy, how's it going? <laughs> you, you know, yeah. like that really blokey sort of vibe. And, uh, my dad was just like that too. So, um, what would happen is there'd be never the words I love you. There'd be no, not really physical contact because for a handshake. Um, and that, that's what he experienced as a, as a son. So that's the way he treated me. Right. And that's very natural. And that's very, very fair. Mm. So what, um, what started to happen over the years is I started to um, initiate hugs. Right. And that was so awkward initially because he'd always stick his hand out whenever I was coming back from, um, being away for six months or 12 months overseas. Needs to cut his hand and be like, "Hey, boy," and i will just go on for the hug, and it would be so awkward, but I loved it. And, and he uh,
0: took took the hug.
1: Yeah, he'd take the hug, and
0: um, oh, but awesome. very short, and
1: then push away, sort of thing. But over time, he started to accept it more. It just took wow. time, and eventually, um, I had a conversation almost a year ago now over the phone, and I just said, um, and this was actually initiated from a coaching call I had. Um, I was on the phone with my coach, and um, he said, "What can you do to own yourself more?" to be, um, to step into a more full version of yourself. And, um, the first thing that came to mind is tell my dad, I love him. Cause I, I've just never been able to do it. So I called him up and I'm like, dad, I'm actually calling you because I want to tell you, I love you. And that was from there. I just, it just grew. Um, last week, um, two weeks ago, actually, I, I finally said to my parents, um, I, like I actually had a proper relationship changing, um, conversation with them, which was, I actually want to change this relationship from, son and mother and father to friends. I want to be able to have conversations the way that I have conversations with my friends with you guys. And I say this because I love you. So two days later, the first time ever turned to me, I love you son. And I've never heard that from his mouth ever before, Um, but just massive how things can change. And that was massive to see how that experience of changing that relationship. My family also actually healed a lot of aspects of, my um my growing up as well
0: that, i was gonna that was sort of something i was gonna say just then is like do you feel like as you've healed your stuff you're sort of healing the stuff for your family as well like the, the, you mm-hmm. know these these traumas or emotions that are actually your, being healed in your parents as you heal yours
1: um yes i feel that there is definitely shifts there there's um there's definitely a lot more work that i'm going to do with dad every t- i told him at the very start of the year i'm like dad by the end of this year you're going to be meditating every day that. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's my intention um yeah so uh, it's gonna cool, happen man. i'm gonna that's make cool. it happen um but yeah good on you man i'm sure he sees the so, uh the reason why you would lo- want that you know for him and he, he's probably seen the difference in you too and he's probably going what the fuck is he see, doing absolutely <laughs> yeah. cool bro and talk to me about one of the lowest points in your life because like and was suicide ever a factor
1: mm, yeah so there were yeah, I remember one particular moment where that thought was the strongest. And I just remember walking to the gate of my school. Um, the sisters have been year 12, year 13, which is, um, you know, 16, 17, I finished school at 17. Um, and I just remember looking up into the sky and I, I don't know why this one stands out so much. Um, I just think because it probably was the strongest at that point. And I just thought to myself, man, I, I just, I wonder what it would be like to just disappear. Um, and I just remember that so strongly. Um, that was probably the closest. Um, and, uh, I never was truly suicidal though. That was just an experience that I had that I knew that if nothing was done at that point, and it was soon after that, that I actually started to get counseling. Um, yeah, if that, um, if that actually hadn't changed or shifted, it could have definitely gone the wrong way. Um, and a second point comes to mind, which I would have say was probably the most, traumatic in terms of like the experience of sadness was so strong however I was a lot more stern within myself because I've been meditating for many years up until that point and that was when I experienced a peak of my anxiety um, just over two years ago in Quebec um, and that's when I was just so sad just crying a lot um, just so anxious at everything I couldn't even be in a bar with the person I, I was with um, nor could I, I could barely walk down the mall, you know, um, with my friend because i just start to feel anxious about everything. Mm. It's, yeah, horrible. So those are probably the two moments that come to mind.
0: Mm, wow. Um, what about this significant moment for you that of awakening? What happened when you just sort of just go, uh, boom, I've got to change?
1: Mm. And this, this moment I know so well because it really was a pinnacle moment and it's the moment that I reflect on every day every single day I was looking into the corner of my room I was again this was just over two years ago and I had two thoughts on my mind I just spent some time crying on my couch and the first thought was even if I don't get married even if I don't get anything I want in this life all I ever want in this life is just to feel peaceful I just Mm -hmm. want to feel peaceful I mean it's something I've body now so so Simply, yet then it was such a foreign concept. I, it's almost like it feels like a different lifetime. And when I think back, I just cannot imagine being so consumed now that, but in that point, that was the first thought that came to mind. And the second thought that came to mind was, I wouldn't even want my worst enemy, not even the person I hate the most in this world, to feel this way. So suffering is just too much for anyone. Um, and that's just, those are just the thoughts that I thought at the time, but I knew in that moment that I needed to do something about it. And that's what I did was actually I shifted my ego and pride of knowing how to heal, of knowing how to meditate. And I just threw out the window, like, okay, I don't know anything. Let's go. So from there, that's when I started to dive deeper into mindfulness, not just meditation. Mm. And I started to dive deeper into uh, spirituality from a scientific standpoint, because I've always been very logical in that sense. Um, and I got help through a holistic psychologist, and i Dr. Nicola Lepera. And that's where I first started um, going deeper into did you, mindfulness. Did you work with her? um just for a little bit so she gave me a session and um yeah we did a little, a little bit of stuff and then yeah that sort of initiated journey anything cool. that
0: that's mm. beautiful man um what like what was a big part of this healing journey for you like what modality did you use uh you say meditation was big like what else was significant for you to sort of get through those emotions and work through that shit and come out on the other side of feeling better
1: yeah man so that <laughs> breath breath has been massive for me man huge meditation for sure and i want to just sort of double up on that because meditation isn't an action it's a state when i say meditation i actually refer to the state not the action meditation the, the action is just a consequence of the state and vice versa So, I don't have to do the state to be meditating, right? So, I don't have to do the action to be meditating. I can look at the water, I can look at a tree, I can look Mm. at a bird, and that's meditation. Um, People tuning into this podcast and just purely focus on the words and the sound that's meditating, right? A sense of focus. So, that's meditation. Um, Now, becoming stepping into meditation uh, sometimes can definitely require an action. And that's if I know if I don't practice that action of sitting down and closing my eyes and not reacting to my thoughts instead just letting my thoughts and emotions be every single time that my mind says get to your phone uh, drink your water or close your door because someone will walk in or um, "or send that person a message or um, just every single time that I act instantly that I, instantly when I have that thought I'm strengthening my sense of compulsion therefore I'm strengthening my thoughts when they come in that say you're not worthy you're not good enough you can't do this and I believe them however Every single time that I don't act and I simply pause, I take a breath, then I act. I'm actually strengthening my ability to respond and therefore I'm actually becoming my mind rather than my mind becoming me. Right? So I take that sense of responsibility in those moments and what that does, it completely transforms my ability to uh, experience calmness and safety when those thoughts come in because I know deep down now that I've proven to myself that I can sit there whenever those thoughts come in. Now when they do come in um, and uh, out of nowhere because someone said something or you know, I'm just going about my work and something's happened work or finances are an issue or whatever it is, mm. all of a sudden when that thought comes in of, oh, no, it's like, oh, actually, no, it's that's, that's not too bad, actually. Mm. Um, and only because I've actually practiced that sense of response by sitting down,
0: yeah. closing
1: my eyes, whenever things come up, just sitting there anyway and learning to change my experience with them. Breath has been a massive thing for me. There's two ways and one that I've learned literally in the last few days that I'm going to say right now. Um, I'll t- say the first one um, that I've used for a long time first. So, And this one's called a 6-8-10 breath. And that's just breathing in for six seconds, holding for eight, exhaling for 10 all through the nose. Um, to practice, um, someone can start at three seconds in, six seconds out as a start, and then they can build up once their lung capacity is expanded because it can mm. be quite tough if they've always breathed up in their yeah. chest. I want to breathe through my diaphragm because that's where a lot of nerve endings from parasympathetic run. Uh, And that also triggers um, uh, a certain chemistry in the body as well that allows the body to start to relax and also send signals to the brain saying things are okay. So when I do that, um, it allows me to change my experience with something. So if I am in a state of fear or a state of overwhelm and I change my breath, I actually learn to change my experience of that thought. Therefore, next time that thought comes into my mind, my experience is already that of oh this is actually not a bad thought it's actually an okay thought now i've shifted my experience for the future as well uh yeah. the second breath is just actually a double in one out so it's two nasal breaths in and one breath out this is apparently this very recent study um as of actually literally about two or three months ago they found that this was one of the most literally the most effective breath that they know of in order to actually stimulate the parasympathetic. And get wow. you into a deeper breath yeah so this is something that i can't remember the doctor that did this it was a neurologist i need to um find that out because this is something that i literally learned a few days ago and basically it's a double breath in which is and then out through the mouth mm. and literally just three of those breaths allow you to find a deeper sense of calm um, obviously into the diaphragm and then into the upper chest and then out yeah, yeah.
0: That's so it's a very
1: powerful, yeah, um, relaxation experience. And it's something that I'm I've just started using and I love it so much. Yeah.
0: It does it actually changes as you I can feel that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's massive. I have to check that it's out cool. myself too. <laughs> what what about your friend group, bro? How has that changed as you've changed?
1: Huge dude. So <laughs> my friend group was that of who could I be friends with, right? So yeah. it was that of um who would allow me to be friends with them. Yeah. Right? So who would, who would I have to be in order- Exactly is exactly. not even for me, no, man, not even who for would accept, you, yeah. yeah, who would accept, uh, the mask that I put on. Right. Yeah, so yeah. the mask that I was capable of putting on, I was capable of putting on a very nice guy mask. So I was nice to everyone to the point where I wasn't just stoner kids. I was also care Bear. So, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> so that
1: was another. Fucking and, hell. And, uh, yeah, Brian, that is bad. uh, and yeah. So being care bear, I became sort of known as the nicest kid in the year. I was just so nice to everyone man um that was obviously in school, even after school. It was just this nice guy man um, and the mo- and I'd be so triggered at the idea of um my actions not representing that so if my actions didn't represent that because um you know I, someone thought that I was mean or not nice, whether it was through a relationship or through friendship, family, anything um I'd be so triggered. And I'll beat myself up because that was my such such a strong identity I had as I had to be a nice guy or I wasn't worthy. Mm. And that was what actually allowed me to step into friendships. I know that I know deep down because there's I many yeah, of them are still friends with me now uh, that that wasn't the reason why they became friends. But in my mind, that was the reason. So if I wasn't being nice, if I wasn't a nice guy, I'd lose them. That's, that's what I had in my mind. Um, yeah, so that was definitely who I had to be. Mm. And how it's changed is me be- stepping into a deeper sense of ownership, as we mentioned, mm. and actually taking away that mask of needing to be the nice guy instead, of just showing up as I want to be as mm. I am. Uh, then that's definitely filtered out many friends. Yeah. Um, it's allowed me to, um, I've definitely been triggering for sure. It's mm. allowed me to come away from those certain friendships that weren't serving me. And
0: that's pretty. Thus, of course,
1: eh? oh man, so challenging, but I definitely had to become aware of that, Um, if they're not serving me, I'm also not serving them because ultimately um, a one-sided friendship is not a friendship. Um, At the end of the day, if I'm uh, stepping into a a friendship and I'm reacting to them because I'm not enjoying this experience, then ultimately I'm not serving them at all as a friend. Therefore, it's actually going to serve them more if I cut it. And that's definitely what I had to do and a, a mm. few experiences for sure.
0: Yeah, totally resonate with that, man. Yeah. And what part of this conscious journey are you most grateful for, bro? Ooh.
1: The darkest times, man. Mm. The darkest times are the things that I've got to be most grateful for because I would not be able to step into this level of calmness and joy if it wasn't for that. I mean at the end of the day, the further I go one way, the further I can go the other. I mean, the further I pull the slingshot back, the further the projectile flies, right? So, um, ultimately, it's definitely allowed me to. Yes, I've experienced very low lows and very anxious moments, but that's allowed me to step into greater joy and greater peace because of that.
0: Fucking amen, man. It's a big yeah. part, as they just like really loving the adversity in your life to, and seeing. So but cool. I think I think it's really powerful. Like I think. How, how for people to do that in their own life it's it's really seeing the benefits that's my experience anyway is like seeing the benefits and the purpose in what happened would you agree
1: definitely yeah the lessons that, um, that i gained from it but also as well the fact that i knew that i was going to be capable of experiencing those lower emotions because i learned to work through them allowed me to feel a lot more safe within myself knowing that oh even if this experience comes up in the future or even if this scary um idea of what i'm about to do might bring about those experiences i know i find that sense of okayness that allows me to take more risks as well
0: wicked man that's yeah. so cool and last yeah. question here is what's one tip you would give your old self just starting out on this journey
1: feel because man i did not want to feel <laughs> i did not want to feel
0: feel to heal. I,
1: yeah man that's just uh, dude um at the end of the day suppression leads to depression right and um that's just that's all i did is i had to be a, a positive person um and that's what i tell myself is nate the moment that you say that you're a positive person is the moment that you're not able to show up as soon as you don't feel like you're a positive person um that's the moment that i'll get so anxious because i don't feel i can be positive today therefore i can't go to this event or therefore i can't go see my friend because i don't feel positive right or and then if i did man i'd be so dead at the end of that experience because i had to you know show up with a big smile and um i had to try to be positive and i just could not show up as i was and because that was the case i beat myself up for feeling any other emotion wow. other than joy which was very, very unfortunately at the time so feel that's and be cool
0: that's yeah. really cool man Well, wow, it's, it's been me. a powerful episode brother and i'm grateful to have it you here to dude. share share your journey and share your man. story It's so good, man, and and you're such a beautiful human, and I'm I'm grateful that you found this path so you can help others walk through it too. Thank you, man. It means a lot. You're most welcome, and thank you to everyone for tuning in and listening. If you do want to connect with Kieran, you can see his uh, social media handle, Instagram handle in the show notes. And until next time, my friends, just take care. Take one step at a time, and like Kieran says, just feel it through. You'll be all there. You'll be good, and you'll get there before you know it. Much love Woke man, bring love and just be. I got love in my eyes, bro. I can not see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be. Woke Ness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me, I'm spreading that love, yo don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.